Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. I want to read a passage of Scripture for us this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and in verse 1. And maybe you're new to church this morning. Let me just firstly just tell you that when you hear the phrase, the Word, in our reading this morning, the Word is referring to Jesus. And in John 1, uh, verse 1, the Bible says that in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish the light. If there is one thing that is certain, it is that Friday the 15th of March 2009 will be forever remembered in the journey of our nation. Our way of life has been interrupted. Our sense of security has been shaken. Problems that we assumed were only external to our nation have come home to us. They have come home to us in a way that we did not expect. Immigrants, refugees, Newcomers to our land have been targeted by hurt, fearful, hate-filled people whose bitterness deceived them into believing that the one who is different is our enemy. And as Christians, God commands us throughout the Bible from beginning to end to welcome and to treat well what old translations call aliens and strangers. The Scriptures teach us that by doing so, we might even entertain angels. In our modern culture, aliens and strangers have been replaced by modern words called immigrants and refugees, those those new to our nation. But what God has as an expectation of us remains abundantly clear. We are commanded by Scripture to open our hearts, to open our borders, and to open our lives to those who are new. Our national anthem we sang this morning says that we are a nation of every creed and race. If we were to try and to connect the dots as to why these terrorists thought the way they did, the truth is it would require of us lunacy. To dwell on their motives would not be in any way a noble use of our time. But there are two things that we must do. The first thing we must do today is we must look to our God and we must look to each other and we must find a way through. This is a time for us to console one another, a time to heal, a time to find peace. People in our communities are hurting. Many in this congregation I'm speaking to today will know someone that is lost, someone that is missing, will have people that they worked with, people that they cared for, children that they looked after, Uh, that have now been impacted deeply by this event. And as a time, this is for us a season where as a nation, we are shaken. Uh, This is a time for us of prayer, a time when we must draw together, a time when we must draw near to our God and we must look for strength to get us through the difficult season that we are in. This is also a time though, when we must examine ourselves. 
when we must look at our culture, our world, and we must ask some real questions. We must consider where have we gone wrong and what should we do now? Firstly, for all those who feel overwhelmed, for everybody who has lost their peace, especially for everyone here in Christchurch who once again is facing such a tragic set of circumstances. Let us be reminded today that our God invites us in the worst seasons of life to come to Him. Our God is not only available to us when life makes sense, but more importantly, when it doesn't. And let us remember that Jesus never said to us that life would always be easy or go as we would desire. In fact, Jesus guaranteed us exactly the opposite, that, though, that because we live in a fallen world, that there are going to be difficult circumstances, tragedies, that we will know what it is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But our God has promised us that no matter what life may serve up to us, that He will always be with us. And our God offers us that when we come to Him, He will give to us in life's worst moments a peace that transcends our natural understanding. That even though things might not make sense, that our God can give us a peace in lieu of our comprehension. When we are worried, our God reminds us that He holds us in His hands. When we are fearful, God lets us know that He is with us. When things don't make sense, God grants us that peace that is greater than our comprehension or our plan. On Friday night, I I spent most of the evening watching the news and seeing what was going on. And then there reached the point for me, and I'm sure for many that are hearing this talk today, when I just had to turn it all off, when I had to get alone in my house with my God and to just spend some time coming close to Him. And maybe you are not normally a church attending person today. Well, just be reminded that it doesn't matter what our relationship with God has been up until this moment. The great promise of Scripture, the great promise of Jesus is that all who will may come to Him, that He welcomes anyone who comes to Him. And the truth is, friends, that what could or what would overwhelm us if we walk through it alone, our God offers to walk through the storms of life with us. Our God says that He is close to the brokenhearted. Our God can calm our minds and calm our hearts. And even though our world may be full of evil, our God is still good. Can I get an amen to that today? When we feel that we are in turmoil, when peace is a million miles away, it is in these moments that we can find God's presence. For us all, God's Invitation extends today to each and every one of us. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all who are hearing, weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. When we start to think about all that is happening in our world, about the rise of terror and of hate, it is important for us to secondly remember today that our world is a world where there are two spiritual kingdoms at work. There is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness. God's kingdom is a kingdom of light. Love is in the light. Hope is in the light. Kindness is in the light. Forgiveness is in the light. And peace is in the light. But we live in a world where there is darkness. 
And hate is darkness. Fear is darkness. Selfishness is darkness. And what we have seen and witnessed in our nation this week is evidence of darkness, of hate, of bitterness, of selfishness, and of evil. The Bible tells us that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for whom he may devour. The Bible commands us that we should not give the devil a foothold. Yet in the most extreme and overt way, our lives and our nation has been scarred by a group of people who opened the door of their lives to darkness. They let the devil impact their actions and their lives. And it won't do us any good to ignore the darkness. But neither do we honor our God or bring any good into our community if we give way to the darkness or if we respond to darkness with more darkness. If hate is our response to darkness, then darkness has won. If fear is our response to darkness, then darkness has prevailed. If bitterness is, fills us because of the darkness, then darkness is the victor. And Jesus taught us to live in such a way that darkness will never prevail. Jesus taught us. Jesus taught us that we must turn the other cheek to those who strike us. That we must forgive 70 times seven. Jesus said to us that we are the light of the world. Ephesians tells us that once we were darkness, but now we are the light, we are light in the Lord and we are to live as children of the light. And light always overcomes the darkness. Light always wins. Hate will fail, but love never fails. And church, in our response, our resolve, we must purpose to, be, to work in our lives in opposition to the darkness because it is so easy to tolerate darkness, even to facilitate the darkness. Let's be honest today and remember that when we live selfishly, we invite darkness. Then we, when we close our hearts to those around us, we tolerate darkness. When we let fear fence us in, we give way to darkness. We can close our borders, we can close our doors, we can gate our neighborhoods, but this will never drive back the darkness. But when we, as God's people, choose to open our hearts to those around us, we shine God's light. When we ask for God's love to replace our fear, to live life not on the back foot, but on the front foot, we shine God's light. When we get involved in the lives of others, we shine God's light and drive back the kingdom of darkness. I do not believe that God wants New Zealand to be a divided, segregated nation with pockets and clusters, with hatred and mistrust. Let us remember about our God that our God is colorblind, that God does not see white, black, brown, or yellow. God does not see whether you are Caucasian, Polynesian, Arabian, or African. When God looks at the mosaic of humanity, all He sees is His children. God only sees sons and daughters. God does not draw lines. God does not exclude. God calls people of every creed and race 
nationality and tongue, and He welcomes them to be His own special children who are chosen and who are loved by God. It's darkness that drives a wedge between us. It's darkness that fuels our differences. It's darkness that divides our communities and fills our hearts with fear. And we have seen this week the pinnacle of darkness. But we don't fight the darkness passively. We don't fight the darkness by raging against it. We fight the darkness when we choose to live God's love in every moment and in every interaction of our days. Guys, let's be real today and admit that we live in a time of unwanted refugees and rejected individuals. Where countries close their borders on those whose homes have been destroyed by war. And when certain people, for whatever reason, are forgotten by their parents, rejected by their peers in school, ostracized by their culture, and left alone to fend for themselves. And when we allow either of these to be factors in the community in which we live, when we passively tolerate these undercurrents in our culture, and when we do not live as Christ asked us, we invite the darkness. I don't wanna come today within a hemisphere of saying what took, that what took place on Friday is excusable. It is pure evil. But it did not take place in a vacuum. This is an event of darkness began with people full of loneliness and rejection. It grew with futility and hopelessness. The bitterness so prevalent in our culture grew, drew hater to hater and they became, that became a bond that united a small fringe group of people. And finally, we have seen the harvest of every horrible seed sown in the fabric of our community and culture. And so right now, we are hurting, we are angry, and we are afraid. So what must we do? What must we respond with? What choices will we make today and every day from now forward? Well, no clearer mandate can I find in Scripture than Romans 12 verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We won't let the darkness win. We won't let fear grip our communities. We will not let bitterness become the source of our community's rhetoric. We will be a people of love. We will be a source of hope. We will be a community of faith, of second chances, of acceptance, where every person can find hope and community in our God. This must be a season, church, where we draw close to the God of love, where we ask Him to drive out our fear. We must live lives of love like never before. We must shine the light of God's kingdom in every place of darkness. We must renew our commitment to be Jesus' hands and feet, to love others practically, intentionally, and wholeheartedly. The same God who gives us strength in our grief asks us to comfort others with the same comfort we receive from Him. If Jesus has healed your rejection, then love someone who is rejected right now. If you've found acceptance in Christ, then accept somebody else. 
Let your good deeds so shine before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven, Jesus taught us. Jesus said it this way. When you feed someone who is hungry, you did it for me. You're shining the kingdom of light. When you invite a stranger in your home, you did it for me. You're shining the kingdom of light. If you visit someone who is in prison, you did it for me. You're shining the kingdom of light. You're driving back the darkness. When you give of your time to help others, you're driving back the darkness. When your life is open to people, you're driving back the darkness. When your meal table is a place of welcome community, you're driving back the darkness. When you give dignity to those who are despised, you are driving back the darkness. When your peer group is not only the loved and the beautiful, you are driving back the darkness. And as people of faith who get an abundance of love from the God that we worship, who have a wellspring of life flowing to us from the throne of heaven, This is not a time for the church to recoil or for fear to become the thing that shuts us off from others around us. This is a time to draw close to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Jesus who laid down His life for us to extend the wellspring of life to people that we meet, to be a source of encouragement to those who are in a world to nail our colours to the door, to decide in our hearts that fear won't grip this country, that hate-filled rhetoric won't be the source of our national identity, but that this will be a community and a people where love reigns in Aotearoa, where the peace of Christ guards our hearts, where people are welcome where faith in Jesus is making a tangible difference in the lives of the people of our great land. When our life communicates a message that every person matters to God, every person is loved by God, every life is valuable in God's eternal plan. We are shining the kingdom of light and we are driving back the darkness. Arise. The terror event of Friday will be a defining moment in our nation. That much is certain. But how it will define our nation, that is up to us. Let it not be said in the days to come that last Friday brought fear to our nation and that fear won. Let it not be said that we closed our doors, that we shut our hearts, that we adverted our eyes. Let it be said in the days to come that love won. Let it be said that we opened our hearts, that we resolved ourselves not to shrink back from our God or from those who are around us. Let it be said that we began to shine the light of God like we never have before, to live more purposefully every day, to realise that every moment our choice and our response to the people that we meet and the situations in our life have the ability to bring light into the most desperate and dark of situations. Light always overcomes as long as light is shining. Our God is light 
And if we, His people, will be His hands and His feet and shine His light, if we say no to fear, if we rise together, then friends, let us remember that God's victory is with us, that the peace of Christ can fill our hearts and that New Zealand can be impacted forever by the anthem that we sung, by the creed of our faith, by the identity of our nation that God has given to us as New Zealanders. Let us rise together, church. Let us be strong. Let us be courageous. Let us walk forward concerned with others. Let us make a tangible resolve that we will not be a nation that retreats, that we will not be a nation of fear, but that we will be a nation of love, that we will be a group of people who bands together like never before. Let that be the story of this Friday. And let that be the new page of New Zealand's history. Today we're gonna receive at the end of our service an offering that will go to the victims and the families of those who've been uh, impacted and lost their lives through the terrorism event on Friday. And I wanna encourage our church, let's let light shine. Let's let a tangible deed be seen to be a way that we committed to making a difference in our terror. Let it be said that God's people don't recoil on difficult days, but they step up, that they are filled with God's love. In times of darkness, light is more needed. And we are not darkness, but we are called to be light in the Lord. Let's stand together this morning, church, shall we, in every campus. A band has taken the stage in every location, and we're about to sing a song of worship together. But I want to pray, firstly, for every person in every location, for the fear, for the anxiety, for the mourning, for the loss. Our God promises that He will give us the oil of joy for our mourning that the Lord is near when life doesn't make sense. And no matter what your situation is personally, let's turn this back right now to each individual. And I want you to know that fear is not your portion. Peace is. Let the peace of God reign in our hearts. R-E-I-N, be supreme. Let, let the peace of Christ rule in our lives. And let me pray for you and then we will dismiss every campus together this morning. And let's believe that together, no matter what your background, no matter how you found yourself in an Arise service this morning, let us pray together right now that the love of God will fill each and every one of us. Let's pray together this morning, shall we? Father, we come before you, our King, Jesus, our Prince of Peace. You said no greater love has someone than that they would lay down their life for their friends. And you laid down your life, Jesus, for us. And we lean into your love today. Our God, we come before you, the King of peace, our Prince of peace. And we ask you to fill every life, to fill every soul. We pray again for every person who's lost a family member, lost a loved one. We pray 
Father, that you would be near to the brokenhearted. I pray, Jesus, that your light would shine in our nation. I pray for your people that we would rise, that New Zealand would again be a peace-filled, united, welcoming, loving, embracing people, alive with light, concerned for their neighbour, involved in their fellow uh, humans' world. And Lord, that we would together be a nation that would be a beacon of light to the nations of the world. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.